0: Hello and welcome to DKI, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. I'm your host Joel, and gosh, I hope I'm coming in clear right now because my microphone's been giving me trouble all week. Here's my co-host Mario, please let me know how it's going. It's alive! It's alive! I just hope it stays. (laughs) It's been a journey. I'm not going to bore you all, but if you've been watching this live, this is why we're 15 minutes late. Fingers (laughs) crossed. The the TLDR is uh, Yeti and Logitech pushed a bad update, and it's not good. Um, So at some point I may go robotic. We'll find out. Hopefully not, but I don't know. Anyways, hi Mario, welcome back. You've been busy lately.
1: Yeah, yeah, it has been a, a very busy couple of days uh, over here at DHQ. Uh, we will definitely go over it as part of the, uh, the the main topic of today's episode. But last weekend was uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, it was a very interesting show, and that's part of why uh, it, it definitely merits a pretty lengthy conversation once we get to that. Um, I understand that you've been already getting started with the the fall anime um, we did our, our preview over the, the previous two weeks. Uh, so how how are we looking uh, at in the very early stretch of the season?
0: Honestly, this season's a little bit disappointing to me so far. Huh. Um, that, don't get me wrong, there's a couple of good things, but just there aren't any early standouts like I've had in the past season. And to be fair, I haven't watched every premiere that I mean to watch yet. That um, I have... Had a very busy week amongst, you know, my microphone issues yeah. and other say, things. In between,
1: in between fighting all the tech demons. <laughs> yeah. And it, just like
0: one very <laughs> particularly uh, persistent tech demon. But anyways, um, I've only watched about five or six so far, um, which I suppose for most people is not a small amount. Uh, the other issue is there's a good number of sequels this season
1: mm. uh,
0: and just... I've been reading some reviews and a couple ones turned out to be duds. So Tesla Note, remember that one? Um, uh, the one where it's like these crystals and it, it just like crazy sort of magic type of thing. Okay. Uh, it turns out that this one is giving X-Arm a run for its money on its visuals. Oh, ouch. Yeah. It, oh. It,
1: there's there's it's, not enough aloe in the world for that burn. <laughs> no, <brutal>. it's not. <laughs>
0: uh, but on the bright side of things, Destiny, which is the uh, collab between Madhouse and Mappa, has some very interesting potential that this is basically, I think, um, it, it's not even idols. It's almost, uh, I think the comparison we had was A Quiet Place meets Anime uh, Macross. Sort of thing because, well, Macross, not quite because that's more mechs, but you yeah. know, the, the type of musical sort of combat type of style. Um, so
1: an action I'll go through a couple
0: others, if you will. yeah, I'll okay. go through a couple others, but um, a you know, for now, I haven't found any big hooks for me yet. And like I said, to be fair, there's still a couple premieres that I need to see, and there is also the unfortunate fact that Lupin the third part six turns out to be so. last time around it was a Crunchyroll property high dive has it this like... time mm. i don't know how high dive got it and the problem with high dive is they do the netflix model where you it's all or nothing you either watch the thing without commercials if you have a subscription or you don't get the thing and they don't release their things a week after air like Crunchyroll or Funimation And there isn't enough stuff on High Dive right now for me to justify the subscription on top of Funimation and Crunchyroll. So what I'm probably going to do is at the end of the season, I will pay for a month of High Dive because I'm not going to pirate because, you know, we we are very, very strong advocates of always (laughs) watch legally. Seriously, folks. So, you know, the the quote unquote workaround here, the legitimate workaround is, okay, I'm not going to pay for three, four months of this to watch one episode a week. I will, at the end of the the, uh, season, pay for one month and just watch the 12, 13 episodes in a single run over the course of a month. That's easy. And that is much more palatable to me in terms of expenses and just, you know, overall uh, support that I am willing to give versus a continuous subscription.
1: Or but, uh, yeah. and hear me out cuz this is how uh we usually get around that situation. I mean, there haven't been too many shows on High Dive in regular seasons that uh are kind of must-watches, but there's a reason a free why free trial? Oh no, no, no. There's a reason why uh Lara and I have a Verve subscription for as long as that is still going to be an option <laughs> because lol so That's me. right,
0: they are still on Verve. Exactly. Um... Well, so, the, the trouble is I already have a Crunchyroll subscription, and there isn't a way to retcon a Crunchyroll subscription.
1: Oh, is it, was it a, a lengthy prepaid or
0: that I, I did an annual monthly. one for Crunchyroll. I don't do it month-by-monthly. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I, okay, I know no, that no. I watch enough of Crunchyroll that uh, the savings for a yearly subscription is enough for me.
1: Gotcha. Uh, yeah, because for for us, we do uh, monthly on Verve uh, just to be able to have the high dive option kind of, you know, baked in. Yeah, with the well, rest.
0: Verve only does monthly is the thing. Verve does yeah. not have a uh, an annual plan option like Crunchyroll does, but the thing is Crunchyroll has a annual option which is like 40%, 30% less than the monthly option, which is why I went the yearly there. And the thing is, if you get Verve... You can't then like cancel and get a refund for your Crunchyroll one. So exactly,
1: and that's why I'm They're kind of like, oh, in. that was that was my reaction when you said yeah. annual. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> you're a little stuck. Unfortunate.
0: But for but for it, those of you so who do have
1: the flexibility, um, you know, uh, having having promoted both services individually, um, I I have to say, uh, for as long as Verve is still an option for you, and you don't have those kinds of prior commitments verve is the way to go you get your yeah it's just been that there hasn't been enough
0: on the other things that verve offers to warrant it that you know the number of shows on high dive are probably 10 or less that i am actively trying to watch or something but uh, maybe i'll end up doing that at some point who knows or maybe i'll just do like two three months and just tear through all the backlog i have on high dive of things i want to watch
1: yeah, it's, it's a good supplement uh, if if you're very interested in back catalog, because uh, yeah. for, for how robust uh, Crunchyroll and even Funimation's back catalogs are, there are still those blind spots that High Dive is very good about covering. So mm-hmm. it's it, it, again, if you're looking at it from a more holistic experience, also hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag, seriously, we should be sponsored by now by these people for all the blood, yeah, but... sweat, and tears given. But I digress. I had uh, him about this. <laughs> right? Anyway, sorry. I just had Anyways, to interject By the way, that it didn't a, come up
0: while uh, well, you were doing the season previews with me because it's later in the alphabet. But mm-hmm. World Trigger Season 3 is this season. Hmm. That, that was the one that you and the others did the uh, cosplay event for, right?
1: Uh... I was not involved in that, because <laughs> I would remember that.
0: <laughs> okay, maybe I'm thinking of something else.
1: Yeah, yeah, because uh, World, like, World What, Trigger, what, what God, was that? I don't even remember that one.
0: I could have sworn that there was some a big ACP event that was, you know, just like very prolific in your and Emmy's minds that I'm blanking on now. Anyways. I mean, other than
1: uh, the, the closest thing I'm thinking is like Key's Niver, because I'm just like, oh, this might have like... been
0: Key's Niver. I don't know. Maybe that was it.
1: Hey everybody. Y'all remember Keysniver, one of the first Crunchyroll <laughs> originals? No, like jokes aside, like did do, do y'all remember that one cuz that was I never got to finish that one. I mm. I got hooked, but then I just got busy and I it got to to a point where I'm like, "Oh, I I am I'm, I'm far past the point of backtracking unless I have like a good reason to just marathon." Yeah. It.
0: I remember I watched like the first four episodes of it and just dropped it. It just didn't engage me, you know? Meh. But anyways, uh, let's hear about some New York Comic Con stuff because this is It was really the first big event back, and you had a very prominent role in it, at least as far as anime is concerned, because you were the MC slash co-host of the official Crunchyroll industry panel, which, like, first off, dude, congratulations that you've done (laughs) a lot of different things with Crunchyroll over the years, as I have, um, but this is the first time you've had this sort of role, I suppose, because you were... You're correct, actually. You were sort of the moderator slash interviewer, I suppose, for the CRX panel a couple years ago, but this is the first time that you've been, like, proper sort of MC co-host for it, and also the fact that it's not just at CRX, that this is at New York Comic-Con, which mm-hmm. is sort of, at this point, uh, anime NYC notwithstanding your home con.
1: It, basically. Um, so, yeah, a few few kind of points to, to uh, embellish upon that. Um, yeah, so basically, if, if we want to be... You know, silly about it. I would substitute Tim for the weekend. <laughs> That's the, mm. the the simplest way to describe it. Um, but that being said, it, it it did definitely carry a lot of weight uh, for me personally because, uh, like you mentioned, I'm usually you know there as as you know another general personality supplementing a lot of the the content, or as in the case of the, the first Crunchyroll Expo, basically serving as a moderator whenever I wasn't emceeing. Uh, so this this was pretty cool. It was it was really nice to be effectively a proper spokesperson for the brand, and I even made sure when I was giving my my brief introduction for the the live crowd, you know, to kind of highlight aren't that.
0: Cr. Uh, pardon. That that you aren't cr. Very much so. I
1: I led off by saying, hey, you know, I. I did this for Crunchyroll Expo. I've been, you know, part of the anime community for about 20 years because what I realized prepping for uh this, this show,
0: they've never done this before. They've never had an outsider as their spokesperson at a con. Mm,
1: I'm not I'm I'm not going to validate that because I don't know for certain because <laughs> there are many, to my, many I will bands. find.
0: I'll qualify it to my knowledge they've there never done it before.
1: I can I can happily co-sign on that because to my knowledge
0: Yes, I agree. (laughs) Come on, you and I have pretty thorough knowledge that if it's been done before, it has to have been a one-off and it has not been done recently.
1: Yeah, Um, but the the other interesting statistic that made it all the more uh, poignant for me, uh, and I I partly mentioned it, you know, just to to point out that, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a part of the, the, the anime scene for a while, but also why it was so meaningful to be this effectively outsider presenting on behalf of the brand uh this month marks 20 years since my very first anime convention like the end of this month um the first big apple anime fest in 2001 my very first anime convention was this month 20 years ago and it just is it it blew my mind to think wow here i am 20 years after like going to my first con attending my first panels i'm the guy at the front of the room screaming about anime and just talking about how how much the industry has grown since then. So that was that was a pretty that was a pretty cool and significant moment there. So it was nice to be able to to kind of you know share that milestone, even if it was at Comic Con and not anime NYC in a month's time. But it's neither here nor there because getting back to the the point that you you brought up. So like you said, outside of uh you know anime NYC, this is basically one of the one of the first big rodeos uh, that we have available right now. So this was one of the first truly, uh, you know, marquee live events for, for, uh, you know, nerd conventions. And the big thing that I noticed, and many people who were at the show will definitely be very quick to observe it for all intents and purposes it was anime nyc special guest comic book vendors this is not hyperbole <laughs> if you look at the show floor for this year anime and other uh, anime properties uh licensors etc were like the predominant presence at the show there was no dc there was no marvel um oh, book geez, i didn't realize
0: that that's the thing of uh, I didn't realize that they were not back yet or that they were not there, that that is very surprising.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, book publishers like Random House. Um, I was walking around with, uh, you know, the the editor of this program, uh, Remy, uh, and she was observing how surprised she was that, you know, like Random House wasn't there. um, Other other major comic publishers didn't have a presence. And it was surreal because for, for New York Comic Con, Again, it's it's in the name, like you expect. And there there were some things that I I observed in many conversations over the course of the weekend that made sense for some of these absences. Uh, a few days from when this podcast is being recorded, DC is doing their uh, second ever Fandome event. So an, a virtual event. OK, cool. That checks out. They've been throwing all their resources into that. Plus, DC is now based in Burbank for all intents and purposes. Like they've up stakes, finally finished the move, West Coast. Cool. Marvel. Weird one, because their comic book offices are based in New York. But a couple of things about that. Number one, as far as I know, and I forgot about this, uh, but I was reminded by uh, a mutual friend of the channels. Uh, They basically gutted their entire events division over the past year. So whoopsie doopsie. (laughs) Yeah. So so, even if they wanted to do something.
0: What was Crunchyroll's event presence here? Did they have a booth? No, and I'll
1: be getting to that, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, so Marvel, you know, they've already gutted their events staff on top of that, my understanding, and if this is uh, contrary, please flag this because again, I'm not sure, but this was brought up and I'm like, oh, that checks out. Uh, the understanding is that D23 is happening this year. And that would make sense for them to also withhold on because you know you want to keep some mm, of your biggest announcements yeah. for Big Papa Mickey, um, and on top of that, if they're all doing it in house and they don't have to divide resources or you know risk staff going out into the field regardless of how well maintained the show was. Another thing I would like to actually praise because Lord knows I did it online multiple times on LinkedIn, um, you know, they, it makes sense for them to to kind of withdraw, even though again their comic division you know the thing that should be at comic con (laughs) it's it's here in new york so it was very very weird because at at all comic cons like you usually especially i'm sorry when i say all comic cons i mean for new york specifically you would always at least have marvel like they're they're the style work because they're the neighborhood comic book publisher um but yeah, so with with anime, uh, I mentioned that there was a large presence. the the literal biggest presence goes to Toei and their majestic Dragon Ball display. <laughs> oh yeah, you
0: well, uh, good uh, professional acquaintance of ours, Justin Rojas, was working Toei this weekend. That uh, he was at their booth and also heading up the um, I forget, you know, Superstars movie premiere i forget uh the proper name of the new dbz movie but yeah i think uh, it's a uh, dragon was...
1: ball super superhero because
0: superhero that's right and then something that like you know had a you know very obvious tie-in with super it was like superstar i was like no superhero you were correct there uh that he was running that show mm-hmm. so uh yeah i knew that toei had a presence <laughs> so interesting that crunch did not what of funimation and anaplex were they in the house I don't think Anaplex actually has ever been to a Comic Con, so I'm not I wouldn't be surprised to hear if they aren't. But Funimation is usually there as well.
1: I believe no, um I'm pretty sure they have, but during the years where Comic Con was a joint show with New York Anime Fest.
0: So on technicality,
1: yeah. They have no, been
0: I, at I mean like in recent years.
1: And that's that's the point I was gonna make. So yeah, technically they have been in the past, but yeah, no, definitely not in recent years. Uh, Funimation, and this is part of why uh, Crunchyroll did not have a physical presence. Uh, they they had a huge amount of space, so they had the Sakura Park exhibit, which was just kind of like a, a general you know hangout space. They had a food truck there. It was right by their merch booth, which they they set up as like an actual like walk through shop. Um, and they also had an outdoor activation, uh, a couple of a couple of shows were doing those kinds of promotions. Like the closest we got to DC was um, a promotion for their uh, DC original doom patrol. They had a a little, uh, yeah, they had an ambulance. That's apparently a character from the show coming to the new season. And then they had like this little, uh, you know, carnival style uh, amusement park game setup where you could like race slot cars. And, you know, like it, it, it was, it was real, like, local local fair kind of stuff it was really cute um but they had it in in the parking strip that would normally be used for you know vehicles to to do pickups and drop-offs so they had a row of activations out there and one of them was i always
0: like creative stuff like that
1: yeah so basically funimation was both inside and outside the con really making their presence felt from a physical setup so it made more sense in that regard to kind of you know save for anime nyc in a month so all that that's really... the other thing
0: that I suppose I'll give them the, the difference for of just the fact that Anime NYC is now established and very obviously the higher priority for them, as it should be, that um, it's more curated toward them. They are the major players there that uh, I am not surprised inherently to not see them at NYCC, uh, but it is still sort of an interesting footnote to see that shift.
1: Exactly. So basically, all that was really necessary was, you know, putting literally putting in the FaceTime. So it made a lot of sense why it was restricted to just industry panel. But, um, yeah, part of the reason why it was so late in the weekend was to get uh, a room that would be adequately sized for the, the expected turnout. And, uh, yeah, we we basically filled that up. So hooray us <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> like first thing on a Sunday of a four day event. And we we packed the room. Heck, yeah, I was expecting like nice. half of it being generous, <laughs> but nope. Uh, so full
0: what, what went on? That uh, What were the headlines? What did you get to do?
1: Okay, so a, a lot of it uh, would definitely be out there in the open now. Even when we went into the event, a couple of our, our biggest announcements had either been presented over the course of the weekend at other panels for Comic-Con, like the, uh, the Adult Swim panel. Um, I think one or two others also had some things tied to Crunchyroll that they tipped their hand on. Uh, the biggest surprise, which was technically revealed beforehand, but we were able to give additional information on, was uh, the the recent uh, debut of Crunchyroll Hime
0: as a VTuber. So uh, I still need to watch that. I still need to watch that. Same though. Um, <laughs> I've been meaning to. That the past, happened like, two on nights. like Tuesday, and so mm-hmm. I can give insight on this that you probably don't know, or at the very least, don't. Uh, I don't want to say don't appreciate but uh, don't have full context for.
1: Actually, so, I have I have one that you probably won't even see coming, and this oh, is the I'm other reason why I'm now. excited to check this out. So, so first
0: off, I was rather yes. surprised that Crunchyroll Hime took this long to have a VTuber debut, because after yes. she had a full 3D rigged model mm-hmm. in January for the Anime Awards, I was like, okay, I, I fully expected them to sort of use that as the soft debut and have her start rolling out content almost immediately. So the fact that they went... Nine months checking the calendar of just radio silence honestly mm-hmm. surprised me. Same. Um but the announcement of all right, Crunchyroll Hime is gonna be VTuber was very interesting because there's a there's been a number of corporate VTubers happening and there's a spectrum of corporate VTubers because there is that Netflix one that we discussed some time ago. And the mm-hmm. Netflix one is not an active content creator that they are. No. They are a mascot that has occasional appearances. They do some recorded content. Then you have things like AirAsia, which uh, for all intents and purposes is really the first uh, full-time corporate VTuber that she has, you know, a full-on weekly schedule. She broadcasts four or five times a week. She's done shows. uh, um, So AirAsia is a, you know, as you would imagine, airline that is uh, sort of... They're Asia and Indonesia-based, so Japan, Indonesia, China, that area, uh, mostly actually based in um, Indonesia, Um, and so she's been at it since, like, March, April, and is still trucking, but most corporate VTubers... Do not have a you know full time content creator schedule, and that was the biggest question I had for mm-hmm. uh, Crunchyroll Hime. And from what I've seen, I haven't tuned in to any of her streams yet, but I saw a schedule. I mm-hmm. saw what looked like you know your regular content creation schedule that you will see from VTubers, be they from Niji Sanji, Hololive, V Shoujo, Independent, what have you. So, ah, uh, this represents if and uh, Mario confirmed and I hear that. Uh, Crunchyroll Hime is going to be a active content creator.
1: Yes, because, uh, like you observed, uh, there is a Tuesday and Thursday schedule for Crunchyroll Hime. It is ongoing, so she is legitimately going to be, uh, like you said, you know, a proper VTuber presence. Um, so that's one of the one of the more amusing things we were able to to present during during the panel is basically our our stinger. Yeah. <laughs> Just giving, and, and like the announcement really was there, cool. but we were giving giving the deets <laughs> as, yes. it, as it would be. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: um, so, yeah, that's one showing a significant level of commitment and investment on Crunchyroll's part, because this means that they are employing the person behind Hime uh, to do this at this regular cadence. Yeah. And that, honestly, I think it is the correct decision for them because, obviously, the more that the talent is out there, the more that they are able to cultivate a following and a community. I think that's part of why others have not done so well. And the fact that the what sets Hime apart is that this is not a new character. This is not a brand creation. This is a Precisely. brand extension. Crunchyroll mm-hmm. Roll Hime has been a presence for, at this point, almost half, if not more, of Crunchyroll's actual life.
1: Yeah, I can't even remember, that, like, when they rolled her out, but it was a long time they, ago. they
0: rolled her out. That, like, she was partially creation of one of their social media managers and a couple others, but, you know, she has been their mascot for a time, and she has had, even if only a human voice for uh, the past year or two that they had her, like we mentioned, at the Anime Awards, but had done, like, you know, a short video here and there, but that she has had an online voice for a very long time that the character, quote-unquote, of Crunchyroll Hime answers tweets in the persona, in the personality of Hime. That yeah. she has a personality established. Uh, Hatsune Miku is her wife. This is established. This is canon. Um <laughs> So she she had that
1: uh, lovely crossover with uh, Kizuna AI. Uh, I know that I almost picked up some of that crossover merch uh, as set dressing for last year's yeah. virtual Crunchyroll Expo. Actually, funny enough, <laughs> before I even knew or cared about VTubing, yeah. I was so, I, I was almost gonna make that step and just be like, <laughs> oh right, I understand this now.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's had merch. She's had T-shirts that. Uh, that's what sets her apart because it's not just okay. Hey, come meet Crunchyroll Hime, who you don't know. It's this is the Crunchyroll Hime, you know and love, and now you get to meet her more than ever before.
1: And she that has a Kotobukiya statue, different. for crying out loud. Kotobukiya! Yeah.
0: So I look forward to seeing what she does, and I hope that she continues to get the support of Crunchyroll as a corporate entity and is given, you know, a good shake of, like, give her a year. That yeah. I hope she was given at least a year contract of this because uh, if they expect... Well, if they expect whole life numbers, period, they're in for a bad time if yeah. Uh, expect... i I'm, I'm
1: I'm pretty sure they're they're going to taper their expectations.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. But to be honest, she's late to the game. She's about seven, eight months late to the game. If she had hopped in in January after the anime awards, it like even from then to now, whole different ball game,
1: yeah. But, but again, like you like you mentioned, better' it's late than amazing.
0: never for sure. And but, it's an established uh,
1: presence yeah. too. So that that works yeah. in her favor. Um so mm-hmm. to, to kind of put a pin on this because there was definitely more stuff I wanted to kind of get through. Um, so the the thing that I was gonna say is kind of a fun little surprise. It certainly was for me. Um behind the 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 team of this, uh, apparently is an old friend of mine from The Frederator. So you you know how huh. the you know how the Beyond the Bot crew has been doing a lot with Ah, uh, Crunchyroll in particular—you know, half the crew teaming up with uh, Tim for the Crunchy cast
0: and what have you. Uh, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it—it it, it turns out, uh, you know, one of the folks who who runs that whole operation was working on the, the Hime VTuber project because uh, he was proudly you know, uh, s- shooting it out in his uh, Instagram stories and stuff. And I'm like, oh, snap, <laughs> he's working nice. on this. That's really cool. So um, I-, I thought that was a fun little wrinkle that uh, made it even more personal. It's like, oh, yay, friendos mm-hmm. working on working on Hime's VTuber. That's awesome.
0: And um, I the, the other thing that I have that I said that you yes. wouldn't necessarily know or have the capacity to appreciate is the people that they got to do the model and rigging, that one of the biggest things in, in you know, a VTuber's creation that isn't always necessarily realized by someone who isn't in the community is the rigging and the rigger. So the rigging, in this case, is who programs the movements, who's yes. the one that sets up the, the motion capture side of it all. And Crunchyroll spared no expense. They got, it is a group called the Iron Vertex Blacksmiths and they are the brand name the top of the line group for VTuber rigging they are in extremely high demand they are the ones that did the rigging for AirAsia's VTuber that like when they did their casting call one of the you know listed rewards was like your model will be rigged by Iron Vertex that is a perk that is a big deal um i've seen several uh vtubers that are independent that have iron vertex work um they're very very good at what they do so mm. this wasn't just crunchyroll assigning someone internally hey here you know figure out how to do this sort of thing or just you know going with some rando uh, friend of a friend for a thing that they they sought out the best of the best at this and they spared no expense for it so. I was I was just thinking it's like <laughs> dr dr Hammond dot no expense <laughs> yeah so uh yeah. when I saw that as part of the announcement because one of the big things about uh rigors and uh modelers is that uh, it's a big thing in the community to make sure that they are properly credited so when I saw the iron vertex uh Twitter handle attached I was like oh okay it's a very,
1: a very bespoke model.
0: <laughs> yes, very much so. That 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 is as close to a seal of quality as you can get. Don't get me wrong. Iron Vertex is far from the only capable group of riggers out there. But you know, that's like this, the AAA. This like, I
1: was gonna say, is this like the Bentley of,
0: uh, of V two rigging? <laughs> kind of, kind of. That just nice. You, that when you see their name attached, and uh, like even the specific rigger, Soy, um, that. You know you're (laughs) getting something good.
1: Is it soy? Yes. Okay, it's good for my body, and it's also going to kick ass. Great. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Uh, What was the the other element? Uh, Sorry, I I realized... No, that
0: that was it. Uh, Iron Vertex was the thing.
1: Okay. Um, And yeah, the other other thing that you had already called out was the fact that they did emphasize that this is the English VA... A full
0: content creation VTuber, not just a, you know occasional video mascot.
1: Yeah, uh, but the fact that they are mentioning, like, specifically that it's the English VA for Hime, that means that, like you said, they are sticking with the original voice. They haven't gone and, you know, just found somebody else Yeah, recast or or
0: found someone else, which is also really cool because, you know, um, I'm 99% sure that the English voice of Crunchyroll Hime has been long known. I can't recall her name off the top of my head, but I remember seeing her credited somewhere, so this is not a uh, super secretive one, but i'm very happy for her that she has been able to continue this gig
1: yeah uh and it's going to be continuing for a while uh the other the other bullet points from uh the the panel um other than you know just some some general uh industry blurbs that you know got people up to speed on the crunchyroll brand um there was talk about uh the uh the the crunchyroll uh uh, online rpg that they have for mobile through their games department they're going to be doing a special uh, a special event speaking of hime centered around hime so that was uh, another big thing that we were announcing it's called Mitrosphere. hashtag not sponsored hashtag seriously please sponsor us like we're, <laughs> we're
0: i i have not been keeping up with crunchyrolls games division in a long time yeah, uh, I do not know Jack about Mitrosphere, but uh, cool glad to hear that the games division is still kicking. I was honestly worried oh, yeah. that it had been cut at this point because oh. I hadn't heard much of it.
1: Oh, god, no, they, they're they still kicking out games, but Mitrosphere, yeah, it's uh basically built around uh Hime uh, and Yuzu, and they, they're they doing an upcoming event, so we were talking about that for a bit. Um, and we covered That's just both. a
0: side note because it's still related to anime and still relevant to our interests. Uh, the other day. D4DJ, uh, you know, Final Mix or whatever it is, you know, the, the mobile game, mm-hmm. D, D, uh, D4DJ, is doing a crossover, or rather, another crossover with Hololive. Nice. <laughs> so, that's relevant because Emmy is Rinku, in the dub, and it's anime still, so it all and comes together. Done. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, so we also covered uh, a, a couple of upcoming, you know, uh, simulcasts as well as some of the Crunchyroll originals. I know some of them uh, popped up on um, on some of our uh, upcoming lists, but a, a whole bunch of these uh, were also, uh, you know, announced for for early next year. And I wanted to single out a few of them because, uh, while I was talking about them as part of the presentation, uh, I found some like some of these. I I'll be completely honest. I probably would have glazed over. If I had not had to sit here and, you know, uh, basically dissect it for a presentation, Uh, I'm going to start with Move Love Alternative. So
0: that's one of the ones I watched.
1: Okay, so that one really grabbed my attention and I didn't realize it was based off of a gaming series. I didn't either specifically a visual novel series that spun off into a multimedia franchise. So for obvious reasons, uh, points to the pre-show block of our upcoming visual novel uh, based around professional wrestling, *Kokodono Pro. (laughs) I thought that was very interesting. Um, So that was a cool one to be able to present. Uh, So you said you saw it. Let me actually pause here. Yeah, we might as well
0: take this diversion here. Um, Love Alternative. So this is a... It's a mech series, it's not um, just any mech series, But it's not though. just a mech series, is the thing, yes. that oh, This is a, the... like Mario mentioned, a multimedia series that has been going on for a while. Um, and I love initially, it,
1: Oh, it's so, so good. So,
0: basically, it's, it's a bit tropey in that you have your alien invaders that are slowly but surely, you know, conquering the planet, taking over, and, you know, uh, killing, slaughtering lots of people, and setting up hives so they can have more spawn to continue spreading across the face of the Earth and that this is uh, a time after the initial invasion and that humanity has its back against the wall. Specifically, Japan has its back against the wall. Um, There are other nations that the United States specifically mentioned, uh, several others as well, but um, the western half of Japan has already fallen by the time the curtain rises on this. And this is apparently stuff that is covered in earlier uh, iterations of this franchise, mm-hmm. but they made it very accessible. That you can just pick it up here, it's fine. You don't yeah, need to know too much.
1: That's the vibe I definitely got off of uh, the the preview alone. It's like, oh okay, yeah. so they're they're gonna like get you up to speed. Cause I, I didn't know about the rest until I did the research on my own. But like yeah. just and the I'm initial just gonna say
0: so good. This is not a happy premiere.
1: Oh god, no, I don't expect it to be. <laughs> this,
0: this was twenty-three minutes of cinematic I don't know if terror is the right word, but just like it, eh, it was heavy. Gravitational pull being impacted. This is heavy. Yeah. Um, uh, th- and if I the may, end of the first episode. Yes. I don't want like. Did you do you know what happens at the end of the first episode? I don't know if I want to spoil this because part of me feels like it needs to be seen.
1: Uh. So I was just gonna pause and talk about part of the setup and why it hooked my attention. Uh, yeah. When so I was what? Watching... What of the
0: hook? Do you know? Where are you on this? So,
1: Everything I'm going to tell you is in the trailer. So if any of this is a spoiler,
0: then I apologize. It's, it's yeah, in the no, trailer. I consider trailer <laughs> to be spoiler exempt.
1: Okay. So the one of the most interesting things. So we told you already, okay, it's a mech show. It's got alien invasion. It's very dark because it's got that, you know, kind of uh, bad end incoming sort of vibe. The most interesting thing that immediately hooked me, it is alternate history contemporary alternate history to an extent but it it's taking place on a parallel earth in, around at least in the trailer it mentioned that it was like circa 2001 is that still true in the the main series or does it have a different timeline
0: yes yes that that at the very least the time of initial invasion is past from where we are in current human history
1: yeah so like we're dealing with a, a parallel uh, a parallel earth so you know like Alternate history, that's already like a huge checkbox. Big fan of that. Mecha series, checkbox. Ooh, live, die, repeat levels of uh, alien invasion with hopelessness check. Oh, and by the way, uh, as as mentioned in some of the other shows that I've been raving about this year, uh, it's got the, the timey-wimey hijinks of like, oh, and by the way, <laughs> we're going to be doing some of this jumping back in time and seeing if we can fix the whole thing.
0: Stuff. Okay, that's actually beyond where they go in the um, first episode, that there are, there are no time shenanigans in the first episode.
1: It's um, all this put together. I'm just like, that sounds amazing. So if you, are, if you are the kind of person who loves those kinds of stories,
0: and it's just that the execution here is very clean of they make this. They, the first episode is a big battle. It's a big battle, and a lot of people die.
1: I believe and it.
0: <laughs> they make you feel it. Yeah. That just, it's the type of thing that usually, when you have characters in episode one die, you don't feel it. They do enough in 23 minutes to make things feel more impactful than they have a normal right to be in episode one. It's not necessarily like episode 12 finale gut-wrenching, but they are highly effective for episode 1 you know this is it, you feel like there's stakes here you're very quickly drawn to the characters and that the acting is strong that you can feel even with langu- language barrier the just terror and hopelessness and oh my gosh this like yeah people are dying we are losing
1: yeah. Uh, so it, it, again, don't let the title dissuade you. This is definitely yeah. I
0: I don't. Oh, the other one thing of it's these things is right not now. like the other. I don't, I don't know what. <laughs> there is not much love in Muv Love.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, it, because we're we're having this on digital era entertainment, and you know, we can we can be a bit more freeform about these kinds of things. Stuff I would not have brought up <laughs> during the panel. So you know how I said I did my research and found out it's a it, it's a game series, specifically mm-hmm. visual novels. You can guess what kind they were at first.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And now it should be falling into place, but it's one of those much like with, for example, the Fate series. Oh boy, (laughs) it is definitely nothing like its original form now because good Lord, they had such a good story. I I
0: will say that, yes, I did notice that um, when they are piloting that they are wearing uh, rather form-fitting suits. Uh, But to be fair, this goes for both the men and the women in there, so it's... Uh, equal t- equal opportunity in that regard, um, but that was noticed. But to be fair, Ibn and, and also does look that.
1: at and also look at the cast. It's like, hmm, it's a very very lady heavy cast with a uh, singular male protagonist. ton, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um But yeah, no, it's it, again, it has those those roots, and that's the other reason why, besides the fact that the but title even for has me, a very someone boom. who
0: has a relatively low tolerance for unnecessary fan service, Uh, I had no problem with this premiere. Yeah, so bottom line, this was... Even if there is uh, genetics, shall we say, of the franchise Mm -hmm. in those areas, it does not shine through here. Yeah, so again, this was
1: one that... Uh, I, I am very interested in. I'm glad to hear that the actual content is living up to expectations. So, sounds like uh, Muv Love Alternative is one yeah, to watch. Like, and I said that,
0: I w- I wasn't super high on a bunch of things this season. That right now is you know higher up there for me this season.
1: Yeah, the next one that really surprised me, and I'm I'm mainly focusing on ones for the fall because there were a few that again are coming out 2022. I'll be happy to give thoughts on those as well. Um, we talked and we talked about and presented a trailer for the world's finest assassin gets reincarnated in another world as an. I watched this one
0: too. I watched this one too. This is great. Holy! Uh, crap. By the way,
1: this, this is... had no business being as cool as it looked based D- on you, this uh, trailer. Do you want me to
0: tell you? I can tell you in two words why it's it's a, something that is better than it has business being. Ooh, two words. Go for it. Silver Link.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I, I saw that. That was another reason why
0: I had... That just, I told, I've said it for a <laughs> year now. Whoever's in charge of their content selection department knows how to pick them.
1: Yeah, and fun fact. So, I don't know, uh, did you guys get a chance to read this one uh, during the, the fall preview? Because uh, I haven't yes, had a we chance. Did. Okay, did you read the full thing <laughs> while you were live?
0: <laughs> uh, let me double check. I... Uh I think we did, yeah. The cause the word assassin was in there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so Kill the hero prophesies to destroy the world. Um this was
1: to be the world's greatest
0: assassin's mission
1: in his new life, the vast knowledge and experience he gained and made about blah, blah 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 blah. Um, basically a lot of stuff that's also in the trailer. Um I made I made a call like right before uh we we did the the panel, and you know, thank goodness Adam is super flexible and also understood where I was going with this. Um I only read the part of the summary that goes up to kill the hero who is prophesied to destroy the world. Roll the trailer. Because, <laughs> oh <Nice>. man.
0: <laughs> that, that's a good hook. Well like, done, well played, you, sir.
1: Like, that's all you need. Because the trailer, besides the fact that a lot of the the rest of the summary kind of covers it in the trailer. Yeah. Like, it, you that, hear the, that, the you're like...
0: Sort of the fluff. But, but yeah, yeah, I like you ending it with that hook. Good marketing thing. Because the big thing with that... um, like, sentence it, is it's paradoxical it is because heroes it's great <laughs> like by definition that if they are a hero they shouldn't be destroying the world that mm-hmm. usually be you know the the demon king who's going to destroy the world or uh at the very least if you're going to say all right it's a chaotic god that is resurrected our protagonist that killed the hero that is prophesied to save the world because they want to destroy it or something and like you know is there intrigue or maybe that is the case and it's not even clear right now and uh, we'll later find out that our assassin hero is actually being tasked to kill someone who is not actually going to destroy the world but save it. But, yeah, um, this one had a bit of fan service. There were a couple of panty shots. They were not enough or, uh, like, distracting enough that I had a problem with it. That It was, you know, like, two instances, and they were kind of close together, and it was like, okay, sure, they're, you know sometimes you put those in the premiere to sort of hook the audience in and whatever. Because yeah. it, it was a type of thing of, you know, while the two badass girls that are on the poster were doing combat that uh, their dresses, you know, flared up, it wasn't even a thing of them, like, being
1: oh, okay. lifted. It, it,
0: it wasn't a thing of we're actively taking time out to distract. It's, okay, we're already showing motion and doing an action sequence, yeah. and we're going to show... We're gonna take a couple frames here and there, and you know, just in the middle of the sequence to do that, and it's okay. You know, whatever. What I love to see, but whatever. I mean, on the sliding scale of fan service, fine, sure. Yeah, if <clears throat> if everything else around it is good enough, which it is in this case, I am fine overlooking it.
1: And that's. I was also gonna say the the way that the show presents itself in the marketing materials, it does not lean into that at all. It very much emphasizes, hey. We're telling this story. We know it's a lot, but look at
0: how effing cool
1: this is. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the
0: visuals are cool. real nice. That, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, th- that was, again, another one of those that uh, are up there for me this season. So, uh, yeah, two for two so far. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Cause
1: again, like, even though, even though these were ones that, you know, I was just presenting again, when I was just digging in and getting ready for it. Um, they just really stood out because especially in the case of, uh, world's finest assassin, it sounds like there's just so much going on. You're just like, there's no way this all, you know, plays in, in tandem together. So nicely, it sounds like just like the impression I got when I first watched that trailer. Oh, it's a lot, but it plays nicely together. This is going to be a very fun. isekai. uh, take a shot, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah um just quickly skimming through so a, a couple of the others that i had to present for the panel uh were not going to be coming out uh this fall other than blade runner um we already talked about blade runner when i was on
0: i have not seen blade runner
1: uh i still have not oh uh, well it's uh i think it still hasn't aired yet um
0: oh maybe but, it hasn't
1: yeah but it was going to be uh an adult swim presentation uh yeah no it, it's It's Blade Runner. It looks cool. That's all I got to say about that. Um, I would like Uh, to call Uh, out.
0: Blade Runner begins on November 13th. We have a a while.
1: Yeah. Uh, So another one I wanted to call out because uh, this was another one we did a slightly different presentation for because it was very much a a, a case of one of these things does not do the other justice if we do it in a very traditional manner. Um, There's a show coming up uh, in January. In the Land of Leedale, apparently this is a very popular light novel, um, and it is getting an adaptation.
0: The name means nothing to me. What do we got?
1: So this one, stop me if you've heard this before, Virtual World, Mm. Isekai, Uh uh-huh, Sounds like it's going to be a good time and, uh, quote, a very chill adventure filled with laughter and tears about a girl who transferred into a game world and her very unique friends. That's about to begin. Okay.
0: All right. Hey, this is sounding you, mundane enough, I suppose.
1: You watch the trailer. They definitely emphasize the, the chill good times. What they don't talk about, which I deliberately did a flipperoo on and even set it up as such. It's just like, it's going to hit differently when you hear the summary. So let's run the trailer, which we did. It's like, oh, this looks fun and cute.
0: What's the twist? So
1: I've already kind of set this up. And if if you know enough about Isekai, you can already tell, oh, wait, it's an Isekai and a virtual world. Uh-oh. Uh, so the main character is forced to live on life support. The only way for her to basically live her life is within the titular Lee Dale VR MMORPG. One day, her life support stops functioning, and she loses her life, but she wakes up in the game 200 years in the future. Oh, my Ooh. God. <laughs> like, okay, so I be- wish some of this was covered. Like, they talk about the 200 years, but they don't give you any hint of the underlying tragedy yeah, of this story okay, cause that, cause in the trailer. I was trailer, thinking we like, were
0: just going to go oh with that yeah, she's <laughs> on life support and maybe, you know... Sometime near the end of the season, that she might recover, and that might sort oh, of no. be our ending. But
1: oh no, 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 no! It, it ended okay. before. So, it began. so now we're going
0: into full on, you know, digitization of the psyche, and sort of it's is the ghost in the almost machine. a reverse engineering <laughs> of the Sword Art Online uh, scenario where it's
1: you die in real life, it, you live in the game. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, that it, it's not a thing of I'm trapped here, and if I die here, I die in real life. It's I am here because it is the literal safest place, the only place I can be. And then, yes, it, that it allows... That's how we get to actual isekai versus just being a virtual thing. Because that was the other thing that had me of, mm-hmm. like, video game and isekai... Right. ...are a fair amount of time mutually exclusive. So I was sort of trying to, you know, parse in my head how that works, and now I understand. Mm-hmm. of Because yeah. it becomes actually isekai... Via her death. But that's very interesting. And then the twist of it's not just the world that she's been living in for this indeterminate amount of time, but it's also time skip, which gives a very interesting thing because it, it means there's an inherent level of discomfort for her as a character, that there is stuff to learn as a character, but it also legitimizes and provides the context for her having a strong base set of knowledge and skills in this world
1: precisely. And there there's a couple of other things mentioned in the in the summary uh, that are sort of covered in the the PV. But again, this was a case of like we need to run this first and then give everybody this very sad backstory. Yeah, honestly, because-
0: like this is probably where Adam probably appreciated the heck out of you because no disrespect to Adam and the past presenters. They have a very regimented Way of doing things, and that just you know they'll read the thing, they'll show the thing, they'll read the thing, they'll show the thing. Because to be fair, Adam and the people who normally give these presentations have bigger things to worry about. That their mind is preoccupied with any number of other things, leading up to and during the convention. That they aren't necessarily thinking of all right, how do we give this more flash, pizzazz, razzle dazzle, good showmanship and presentation pacing. But you do, because that's your job. That's what you're brought in for, that you are a personality, but you are also, Mario, a showman, and that you are thinking about these things, that you have the forethought and wherewithal to say, I have this big block of description. I want to cut this last paragraph, these last two, three sentences, because I actually think that they wind up detracting from the punch of this earlier sentence. It doesn't inherently change or... Uh, modify any of the meaning but i think that it's punchier to do this so i'm gonna cut this and getting the approval to do that adam i do not think would normally do that and that's nothing against adam that's like i said not his job he has so many other things to worry about than the read of a synopsis on a panel but you have that and i think and i hope that they appreciate that
1: yeah, no the the feedback was was very good from the Crunchyroll side. That's uh, all I can say on that matter. But no, and t- also on top of that, the the point that you made, by the way, thank you. I genuinely appreciate that that feedback. Um, it, as a content creator who has to market their content, these are also decisions that I would I would love to have people make more often. Because in this case, I you know I'm I'm representing somebody else's content. How do we make it? land the best because some of yeah. this stuff how you, like how do you make it pop yeah because we we could have just yeah you know, i could have just read everything off the page and even that you know some of it was modified by by adam to make it more you know palpable to a regular audience but it's like for anyone who's out there you know like you and i or uh, other people who are either participants on this podcast or people who tune in like you know, the the more seasoned anime fans who are just kind of like, oh, God, another freaking isekai. Yeah, (gasps) knowing how to make something
0: stand out because you did, you were very deliberate in leading me on in the beginning of, you Mm -hmm. know, you wanted to make this sound mundane and then show me the twist. Yeah, because the trailer sure did that. (laughs) And and the thing is, some of these these synopses, just the way they are written, the way they are translated Mm -hmm. can sound mundane at first. And that's one of the things that we sort of do as part of our preview shows is say, okay, we're not getting much out of this one. Because you can even tell that not all synopses are written equal. Some people write, you know, a five-sentence blurb. Some people will write, like, two giant paragraphs, and it's huge mm-hmm. and expository, and you feel like you might have just seen the first three episodes and reading it. Others have, like, two sentences of genre explaining stuff and then no real details then it shifts around and being able to account for that and figure out all right how do we take what we are given and make it the best presentation of sometimes it is just read the thing sometimes it's snip that part sometimes it's i'm gonna give you the part that doesn't sound great and then let the uh the twist show not tell Yeah. Or in this
1: case, you know, the twist was not shown. I need to tell you the twist because once you hear the twist, you'll probably be way more invested and intrigued because it's like, wait, wait, wait. How do we get from that to what I just saw? Because holy crap, (laughs) like that is that is not what you would like. And that's the value of bringing in in someone
0: like you because you're not only experienced enough to think about that. But like I said, you have the mental bandwidth to think of it because. You aren't also worrying about all the stuff with the licensors, and yeah, you know, in certain cases, what's going on at the booth—that you know, we or, you know, having to under prepare a... for
1: like five meetings over the course of like a week, and oh god, yeah. I have to do this presentation before I hop on a plane to head home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there are there are decided advantages, uh, which I, I am very appreciative of. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, those was those were the ones that I really wanted to highlight because they they really stuck out to me, and you know in particular two of them are airing during this season and i'm glad to hear that my my own initial impression of these shows just from presenting the previews yeah you laser targeted uh,
0: like i like i mentioned i think i've watched five or six and you laser targeted two of the best ones so far that uh to do a quick rundown of some of the others like i said yes. i haven't seen a bunch yet um uh, uh meruko chan is the one that has it's the horror comedy series with the girl who can see ghosts but oh, yeah, ignores them. Yes, First episode was good. It had a little bit of fan service in it, but it was good. and uh, I mean, I, I definitely to got that
1: vibe because <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 was, I've just seen previews on Insta, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was
0: a couple of select shots, and it's the thing of just, yeah, it feels unnecessary there, but my usual thing of does it impact character interactions, and the answer is no. It's just the camera leering at – Inopportune slash opportune moments, I suppose. Mm. But whatever. Um, We covered Move Love. um, Restaurant to Another World 2 is Restaurant to Another World 1 continued, which is exactly what I wanted from it.
1: Okay, good, good.
0: It's not a series that is supposed to have plot. It is not a series that is supposed to be necessarily different. It is a series of vignettes, plain and simple. And the vignettes in episode one of part two were great. They Hooray. could have very well been an episode in season one. That's fine. This is one of those series where that's okay. That's what it's supposed to do. This is a feature, not a bug. Yeah. Uh, toctop.destiny, I already mentioned, uh, which is the, uh, it's the music one that, you know, music attracts these evil creatures, sort of a la Mavlov almost, where mm. it's, you know, humanity has been driven to the brink. And it's not that these creatures that territory has effectively been staked out. These creatures exist. They are here. They are not actively terrorizing humanity on the degree that you have in Muvlov, but it's the thing right. of you can't play music or they will terrorize you, that they, they are attracted to and loathe harmonization and music and melody to the point where it's not even that Um, in a quiet place, they are, you know, these... Weird, awful horrors that want to kill anything that moves, and they can't see, but they can hear, and that is why sound is bad in a quiet place that you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk. I'm like, oh, okay, can't, now, now, you can't I understand snap a thing. thing. But in talked, the difference is that these things are around and they have their space, but for some reason that I assume may be explained at a later time, they have a visceral hatred of music that. You can have a loud town with lots of talking, a bustling marketplace. That's fine. You're not in danger. If somebody plays a piano, duck and cover. Mmm. Hmm. Okay. And it's stylish as hell. Like All right. Oh boy. This sure is Madhouse and Mappa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: <laughs> that, no, that does sound pretty dope. Uh wow. Uh The Night in a Tri-Cornered Window. Uh, which we was did preview that one. Uh, that yeah, was which one was this Adams. one. So here's the thing that I didn't get from the description because you and I both talked about it and we were like, oh, this seems interesting. It's a mystery one. I like mystery. It says comedy drama. Sure. The part that was not abundantly clear in this uh, description, which I kind of feel like they should have said, uh, this is a boy love series. This This is a strong BL series. And... You know, I have not had problem with BL series that uh, um, uh, case, f- uh, was a case Files of Jeweler Richard last year is one that I gave heavy, heavy praise for. And this one's good, too. Um, it is more heavy-handed than Jeweler Richard. I will say that much. That basically the, there is some mechanic mm. with the the powers that be that allow the main character to see spirits, and the power that allows the other main character to physically interact and uh, fight spirits, that when they are in contact and are able to effectively meld their senses together to allow them to functionally interact and defend and, you know, do investigations with these spirits, that when when their souls are connected, the resulting... Sensation is a pleasurable one.
1: Oh, it's one so, of those dealies. I got you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is still very visually, it's PG. Visually, it's PG. If you have that in terms of like there's innuendos and uh, sort of facial expressions that would push it probably into proper PG 13, but this is not an inherently family unfriendly type of thing or at least you know uh, i'm not going to show this to like a, a 10 year old or something but they, there's no objectionable material is what i'm trying yeah. to say here it's, it's he, not it's, lewd it's, is what no, you're saying it is, like it's, it's, it's not lewd it's all innuendos yeah. it's all like the character that a uh, you can tell all right he's uncomfortable because he just felt a lot of pleasure in a circumstance that he would not normally feel pleasure. And he's like sort of grappling with that mentally. But then at the same time, they're also weaving this actually interesting horror mystery drama narrative around it. And that story is still very effective alongside all of it. So I feel like if people go into the series knowing that there is this BL aspect, that it's actually going to be more palatable because There were a lot of reactions that I saw of people sort of feeling uh, not quite bait and switched, but sort of blindsided of just, wait, this is not what I signed up for. And the fact that they introduce it very heavily in the opening scenes before you actually get to the mystery narrative and everything probably causes a good number of people to turn it off before they actually get to the, the good stuff. So here's your warning, folks.
1: Yeah, because uh, that that was something that, again, the promotional material does not make clear. Like, because I didn't pre-screen, and since it wasn't one of my assigned presentations, I didn't, like, you know, do a little extra digging like I did for some of the others. So, yeah, <clears throat> that is new information to me as well. And I was right there helping it present uh-huh. this stuff. Uh-huh. So, and, and that's one where I don't know if it would have been to the benefit for a general audience. Uh, I don't think so. For like,
0: Probably – I, I worry that may have turned more people off, at least in the case of a NYCC audience. Not sure about an anime NYC audience, but I can see I why they to. omitted it for NYCC. Yeah,
1: for NYCC on Family Day, that could be Let's really dicey.
0: Not.
1: So, yeah, it's like, hmm. But for anime NYC, uh, it's generally speaking, you know, a more accepting crowd that would yeah. be kind of, they, they would have less sticker shock, shall we say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so oh, they're... by the way, it's got this. We know a lot of you like that. We saw the we saw the ratings for Yuri on Ice. So look. Ah. <laughs> we got we got you but with mystery. Yes. We see y'all. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Uh there's two left uh before we go that uh yes. we're about at our normal time, but we started a bit late. Yeah. The vampire dies in no time. I don't think you were here for this. Um uh, Definitely Mario? was not. So, I'll read you the blurb because it's a short one. Legendary vampire hunter Ronaldo finds an unlikely and unwilling ally, Andreluc, the world's weakest vampire who turns to dust at the slightest attack. Together, they're in for more hilarious misadventures than you can shake a stake at, including the enemy vampires, axe wielding editors, and other pains in the neck. This is a comedy series about a vampire hunter and a vampire who is, you know, at the cold open of the first episode, that he you have the vampire hunter walking into Dracula esque mansion and being told, "No, stay away, Dracula is you know this you know uber powerful vampire and a uh, terror in the town." And I'm going to tell you everything right now that I'm about to say happens in the first five minutes. It's a very it's a very eventful first five minutes. So Ronaldo opens the door accidentally hits Drelok Drelok becomes a pile of sand. That is their first introduction. Drelok reforms himself. He's able to do this very quickly, very instantly. Um, they, the reason that Ronaldo has been walking in is because uh, Drelok has supposedly abducted uh, the son of one of the ladies in the village. And Drelok is very confused by this. What are you talking about? I haven't kidnapped anybody. I just stay inside and play games all day. And uh, then we look over and see that there's this young boy sitting down playing uh, Drelluk's QSQ. Yes, no okay. branding, haha. And Drew is like, "Wait, what, what? What's going on?" And the kid says, "Oh, I've been sneaking in here for weeks now, just sort of playing while you sleep during the day because you have good video games." Well, why are you here? Wow. So, well, I got really, <laughs> I got really into this game right now, and uh, so I ended up staying a bit longer. And I guess you woke up. Hi. And he's still playing. This kid's a brat. Um. And uh, so he's trying to get the kid off of his game system. Meanwhile, Ronaldo is thoroughly confused, kills him another couple of times, Drelick reforms a couple of times, and... uh Wait a minute, you're supposed to be this super powerful vampire. Oh, no, no, no. That's something that the Tourism Bureau made up ages ago trying to, uh, you know, sell up this backwater town. It resulted in so many tourists, and it really uh, fixed the uh, failing economy and everything. And by the time I realized what was going on, like, I can't tell them I'm not this big thing. That would just ruin the town.
1: So this entire time, I think I can sum the up half of this in two words funny castlevania <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm getting so so basically this is funny castlevania this is
0: end of first episode spoilers but whatever um castle ends up being destroyed so drulok has to move into ronaldo's office
1: so funny castlevania with a touch of devil is a part timer got it yes
0: <laughs> i yes.
1: love this <laughs> this
0: it, sounds awesome <laughs> like and it's done by madhouse Ooh, okay. The visuals are there. Like, For me, honestly, you know, I've been hit or miss with comedy series. I don't know if this is a super hit for me, but that's because anime comedies in general haven't done it for me lately. This is a good comedy series. If you are looking for comedy, this is a good one. So there's that. Vampire dies in no time. And then the last one is Visual Prison, which Emmy has declared anime of the year. This is not anime of the year. Visual Prison is not the anime of the year but it is Emmy's anime of the year because, who oh boy, this might as well have been targeted and made for her.
1: So, this so it's very, is, very much uh, an Emmy show.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. This is... Uh, gothic pretty boy idols who are also vampires.
1: Okay. Checks out, checks out.
0: Um, It's Visual K.
1: This explains a lot. <laughs> I love that, it. That, also, that, that, quick... That uh,
0: vampires. So, Visual K is basically sort of a an aesthetic, almost that it's slightly gothic, slightly punk. Um, X Japan is Visual K.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, it, for for anyone who has uh, followed the Visual K style from like the twenty year ago mark that I was talking about, um, yeah, no, this sounds this yeah, sounds so like it, it will it's feel Visual K to you.
0: vampire idols.
1: Oh my god! Who are
0: doing? You know, it, it's some. Idol tournament contest thing for power.
1: Also, sidecar. because you have to
0: justify it somehow, but it's it's pretty boy visual vampire K idols, and yeah. it is it is absolutely Emmy's anime of the year. So to to kind of bring part of
1: our topic uh, all around. So um, I see over here in the chat, our pal uh, Chris from the New York Snark Exchange. Uh, By the way, hi, Chris. Thanks for swinging on by. Do appreciate you coming on through. Uh, He's mentioning, y'all get to the part where Mario saw me. That was pretty cool, IMO. We technically did very early on in our talk about New York Comic Con. So thank you for giving me an excuse to kind of loop this all back uh so yeah <laughs> we did we did in fact uh, bump into each other so you know one of the one of the friends i was talking about early on uh you know when we were you know going over like oh well uh you know why were certain certain companies not here there you go <laughs> literal person jumping into the chat there so hooray it all comes together uh were there any other notes about this show or any of the others that you uh no, were that it, out, that
0: it's a one it's the okay. visuals are good they do a they're CG for some of the musical sequences, as you will have in things like Love Live, and it's very well done that you can tell they've gone CG for a moment, but it's clean enough, C.G that it's not it's not a bad thing. And okay it's the good if CG. you like idols if you like idols and also pretty boy vampires, here you go. you're you're not going to get better than this. If that's not to your taste, you can pass on it.
1: And luckily, we gave you plenty of other options to look into this season just on this episode alone. Everything (laughs)
0: here, to put it in Emmy's words, that they spend half of the episode singing and dancing and looking pretty, and they spend half the episode just being absurdly extra. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. That, that (laughs) That this is, like, dramatic, kind of, but, you know, it's comically overdone dramatic. That this is, it's pushed, my friend. It is pushed and it's living its best life it knows exactly what it's doing
1: awesome awesome and speaking of pushes uh, as we start to Ha-ha, wrap up i yes. do believe you have something to push for
0: tomorrow yes. here on tomorrow our tomorrow at 4 p.m eastern time we're going to be doing our radio drama presentation of mystery men i'm going to be playing the ben stiller role of mr furious it's going to be a lot of fun sadly <laughs> mario will be preoccupied that you have a you're pulling double duty sure with am. um uh Galaxy Con. so hey uh go get paid and enjoy those panels my friend thank you can you, also thank uh, you. uh check out our sponsor Image Anime at imageanime.com and uh, you can get 20% off all of you- their in stock items using the discount code discount20 that is d e e s c o u n t 20 that code is good until the end of the year please be sure to uh, like, comment, subscribe if you're on—well, I suppose this isn't really going to YouTube. But uh, do the, the liking and subscribing stuff, for sure, on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, all that jazz. We here at Digital Era Entertainment have nerdy content going six days a week at minimum. And uh, Mario, you're going to be back next week. I'll be back next week on Monday for some more Deltarune and some more Ace Attorney. And uh, yeah, I think that about hits it. Do you have anything else before we go, Mario?
1: Nope, pretty much covered it there. So, uh, yeah, stick around if you are watching live. We are going to be doing our weekly happy hour in just a few minutes. So uh, fire up among us. We'll see you on the
0: spaceship and get ready for
1: murder time, murder time, fun, 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 fun. fun, fun. Yeah, <laughs>
0: stay safe, stay sane, get your Fauci and get your flu shot, wear a mask, and we will see you next time on Digital Air Twitch. <laughs>